Blog Talk Radio. Hey, ATG Radio, yeah, uh, the greatest boxing podcast, woo, featuring the crew, you know how we do, yeah, Mike Dawson, Big Time Timmy, Rufus D, Hollywood, Coach Andre, and the Godfather Frank, yeah, that's the crew, so come and get in the loop, so tune in and see just how we do, it's every Monday and every Wednesday, ATG Radio. Yeah. ATG Radio. Now, I'm not trying to stay with a great. The most hated, maybe. Well, we might be the greatest. That's just because I don't know what else is out there. No competition. We got the best team in the world. Who you got? We got Tim Cudges, Big Time Timmy, Rufus Deathabow, Homicide Henry, Kid Thunder, Taylor May, GFL TV, Mr. Bean City, and it ain't pretty, Cornflake, reppin' Vegas, cross the Jersey City, Mike Dawson, Louisiana, getting gritty, Marine Sheen, Nate Campbell, breathing boxing, Sean Rothman, Nigeria, get it poppin'. Ain't no stopping us, Frank stay a marvelous Haters sit and listen and they can't stop calling us 347-934-0137 And hit us up, yo ATG Radio, all the haters know Undefeated champions and I oh, will never go Talking boxing, wrestling and MMA Just keep your mouth shut and hear what I say ATG Radio we are the greatest show, rank numero uno, ATG Radio, ATG Radio, we are the greatest show, rank numero uno, ATG Radio, yeah, that's right, ATG Radio. Monday night, Wednesday night, and any night we damn well pleased to be on. That's right. Our squad is the best. Numero uno. 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. www.atgradio.com. Tell your moms, tell your dad, tell your grandma, tell your grandpa. It's all good. We ATG Radio, and we are in the house. It is 5-16-2018. You know, one, one, we're doing a one-day-a-week show just, to, just this week. We had a lot going on. Monday was a little intense, but we got it together. We are back in the house ready to make it happen. My man Andre's in the building. I think this is the first time you actually heard the intro of our song, Andre. <laughs> tell, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> what you think, man? Oh, um, man, listen, we, we were in the gym early today, and uh, I was telling Richard, I said, we're going to have to rock and roll because I might be on the program uh, when we start. I said, I've been coming in late because we've had a hectic schedule, 
but uh, I'm going to get it on in there, and we're going to rock that roll, and the fire pit's going to be alive like we're cooking barbecue on the 4th oh, of July. Barbecue, we we making making steaks, t bones, man. We ain't, you know with filet mignon, whatever you want, however you want it, crispy, you know, right off the damn bone. I mean, it don't matter. You want it bloody as hell, you want it crispy as hell. We got you. <laughs> We're gonna be getting crispy up in here tonight. I'm telling you, well done is gonna be the serving tonight because we're gonna have a well done yeah. show. We're gonna make it happen. You know, a lot of craziness this weekend. I mean, all across the board, some great fights. Um, you know, some some great stuff. All I mean, just the whole weekend. I know you were a big part uh, of one of these weekend fights on HBO. Your father, Saddam Ali, you know, made his uh, made his defense of his championship against a late replacement, Jaime Munguia, uh unknown to a lot of people, uh, not unknown anymore. No, not at all. Um, you know, I'd like to. Um... I'd like to state this uh, emphatically to all of Saddam Ali's fans. Uh, I chose this uh, opponent. I chose Mungia for Saddam, and uh, actually, it, it was a it was a much tougher affair for Saddam to deal with. And on hindsight, uh, I don't like to hindsight anything, but uh, I think I made a bad decision uh, in reference to my nephew and my. Beloved uh, young athlete, uh, which I'll never do again. Um, and um, we're going to come back even stronger uh, when we get it back together at a lighter weight. And Saddam is going to do what he has to do to become a world champion once again. But you know what, though? Don't, I mean, I'm going to be straight with you, man. This is the fire pit. We're we cooking. You know, we, we, we reel up in here. I wouldn't kick myself at all. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you why. You know, we got a fighter coming up this weekend. You know, Gary Russell Jr. You know, he a uh, very, very talented uh, Olympian fighter. Um, you know, very good amateur fighter. Has a blemish on his record. A lot of people kicked shit at him for the last couple of years. You know, because he lost to a guy, a 12 round decision to a guy named Vasily Lomachenko, who we're all going to, you know, also going to talk about this weekend. You know, but in a couple of years' time. You know, people have went from saying that, oh, well, you know, Gary Russell, he's shit. He's pure shit. He lost to Lomachenko. He lost, you know, handedly. To now, you know, he's a favorite over a guy that you would usually be the favorite over him. Jojo Diaz is no slouch whatsoever. And Gary Russell is going to be going in as the favorite because of that loss to Lomachenko, because of what Lomachenko has showed since he beat him. And you never know. Munguia could show some very, very good stuff down the road. He's a young champion. Uh, I thought he was too young, but you know what? He was huge, but he made weight. This is the business. This is the rules that they're given. You know, it's the way it goes. I thought uh, Saddam was going to be a little bit bigger. I thought he filled in at 154 a little bit better. But against a guy like Munguia, he was just totally, I mean, he was a lot bigger, man. I mean, he was, it was like night and day. Um, and uh, But you never can. I wouldn't count my losses, man. I wouldn't even worry about it. Let's see what Munguia does. Munguia could be something special. And then, you know, and, and Danny, or uh, Danny, what am I talking about, Danny? Saddam having, Saddam having that, uh, you know, that loss against a guy like Munguia might not look so bad in the future. Just like Gary Russell. He's still the favorite, you know, his upcoming fight against Georgia Diaz. Right. On yeah, any given night, those. you can lose. And it was just, That's right. it was his night, man. And, uh, you know, what Munguia does, like, look at Roberto Duran. You know, Roberto Duran, you know, gets knocked out with one shot with Tommy Hearns. Look at what Roberto Duran does in the future. 
You know, it's all about the future, and, uh, you know, things happen. It's how you rebound this game. And, uh, you know, it's boxing is the biggest what-have-you-done-for-me-lately sport. And uh, we're going to see, uh, you know, what what Saddam's done lately is lose to a, a, a big fighter, a, a good fighter, as we've seen in uh, Jaime Munguia. What's he going to do next? It doesn't take right. much to get your fans back and to get, you know, boxing back on your side again. And I think that he'll dust himself off. He showed he can do it, you know, when he uh, he got knocked out by Vargas, comes back and beat a legend with Cotto. You know, uh, the ball's definitely still in his court. It depends on how he rebounds, and uh, this is still his rule. Well, you know what? I mean, those are super encouraging words, and I will convey that to Saddam myself. Um, he's the he's the epitome of a warrior. He even in the face of massive adversity, he did not stop trying to win that fight. And uh, I love my baby to to the bottom of, of my heart. He. He's something super special with me, and I'm going to make sure that he becomes a world champion again. Speaking of, you know, somebody that doesn't quit, never gives up, my main man, Andrew Kit Thunder, KT Kit Thunder Harley. What's going on, champ? Hey, what's up, guys? How you all? How you doing? How you doing, buddy, bud? I'm doing pretty good. How you all? No, he sounds depressed, man. We gotta have a pep talk tonight. We gotta, we gotta have a talk with old KT. It's gonna be okay, baby. But, but anyway, um, I, I want to, uh, you know, I wanted to stress about that, you know, for one. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real. I, we're still gonna be. I want to stay on so that I'm gonna leave Hami Mangia. You might have picked Hami Mangia, but he, you were given him as an option by a certain promoter, and I'm telling you, this is the fire pit. You can disagree. You can agree. Oh, I, I'm just I'm keeping it real. It still, to me, was a setup by Golden Boy. I don't care what you say. Well, hey, listen, Captain. They were, you hoping, know, I, they, <laughs> they were hoping you'd pick him. And what other options did you have? Did they have a, a plan B, or did you say you got Hami Mangia? What's your answer? Well, well basically, that, that, that was the, the only plan. Uh, per se, they only had some other names, but that was quote unquote the only plan. And um, I, honestly, uh, I, and looking at it, I, I was truly believing in my fighter's capability, and I thought that Saddam uh, would be able to uh, control the environment uh, in the ring and and box uh, against him, but it didn't work out that way. And I've been I've been getting it because a lot of people say, oh, I don't care what you say, Coach. That was a setup. I, I'm saying, well, you know what? If it was a setup, I fell right into it. Where I should have said, you know what? Saddam is the world champion. He doesn't need to be fighting this guy. He can fight. This is the last minute, Liam. Uh, he he fell out. So we should have been able to basically do what Golovkin did and and box against. Um, a smaller person who might not have been in the ring for two years and uh, might have came off a loss. There you go. You know, and, and, and but you know what? Triple G is, is that guy. Triple G pretty much has his say with the sanctioning bodies, with his promotional company, which, you know, he also owns his own promotional company. So he can pretty much right. say and do what he wants to do. And that's the difference, you know, between him and Saddam. But, you know, you never know. You know, Saddam can still be up there. And, and one day Saddam can have the say in his career exactly what he wants to do, who he, who he wants to fight, who he can fight, who he can't fight. Uh, but right. the, the thing with me is, we talked about this before, Andre, you know, 
you're in a predicament. You know, the last three fights, you know, against you know with, with Danny, the last two, and then this one with Saddam. You know, you're, you're fighting guys that nobody knows. And if if you win, you you beat a guy that nobody knew, and he wasn't that good. And if he loses, you know, you got beat by a guy, and you're no good. You know, according to some of the the fans, you know how they'll talk. Right, it's a, exactly. It's a it's a no win situation to me, and that's why you know I'm adamant on on you know these these net, putting you on network TV with guys that are unknown like that. You never know what you're going to get into. And what really throws me off is you know Saddam beat Cotto, who was the former middleweight champion, the former middleweight champion, and Mangia mm-hmm. looked like he ate Miguel Cotto. <laughs> Miguel Cotto was never a middleweight. It was a joke. He was never a damn middleweight. He should, you know, right. he fought an injured you know, Sergio Martinez. And could you imagine if Cotto went up against a guy like that? I mean, he'd be, you know, Saddam was bigger than Cotto. Exactly. Ring, he certainly opinion. was. He certainly you know. was, Captain. And it's those moments that, uh, like, for instance, uh, when when we were preparing for the Smith fight, and uh, all, and then suddenly he had an allergic reaction to. I don't even know what he had an allergic reaction to. And to this to this day, I don't know what it was. But um, at that point, um, the only thing I can really say is that it should have been made uh, a little bit more uh, considerate in Saddam's favor for him to have an opponent that was that last minute uh, uh, step in instead of having to deal with all the adversity and all the issues against him. Uh, he, he had, he, there was nothing that was uh, really in his favor other than uh, the experience factor, uh, size, uh, strength, uh, age, all those all those factors were against Saddam. So, right, yeah, um, and I'm going to tell you, I mean, you know, it's taken nothing away from Jaime Munguia. Um, I was proven wrong. I mean, I thought he was he was young and he wouldn't be able to handle the limelight. He really pulled through like a champion. And, uh, you know, big or not big, it doesn't matter what his size. He made weight. He did what he's supposed to do. I give him full props. Right. I commend him 110%. Uh, I, I love to see him again. But now at 21 years old, he's about to get that taste of being what a champion is because now all the mandatory shit happens, all the sanctioning bodies, all the rules and regulations, and all the red tape begins. And it's already happening. Not even you know a couple of days after his, his victory over Saddam, they're already talking about you must face Liam Smith. And uh, you know he, him and his promoter uh, wanted to make a, uh, a fight in Tijuana. You know, and just have mm-hmm. a non-title fight or something just to stay active before the Smith fight, and the WBO's not giving him that option. So he's already getting the taste of what being a champion is like and how hectic it can be. And, oh, uh, yeah. And now I'm telling you, you know, if it goes to the purse bid, I, I guarantee you that, uh, you know, that fight could easily end up in England. And there oh, you go. I, I, you got Liam if, Smith if fighting in England. If it goes to the purse bid, you're right there, Captain. It's a done deal. It's definitely go. going to England. <laughs> you know, and and I'm not saying Liam Smith's going to. I still think that you know he's going to have a, a skin irritation again when he fights Munguia. He's going to be irritated by all the the cowhide rub against his chin because I think Munguia's <laughs> going to light him up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> to be honest with you, he's going to have a skin condition out. There. He's going to have a lot of rope burn. <laughs> he's 
going to be pushed on the ropes all night. I don't think I don't see Liam Smith, you know, hanging with Munguia. Not the Munguia I've seen against uh, against Saddam. But you never no. know. You go to right. England. You, you hold on for twelve hours. You know, I mean, for twelve hours. <laughs> it might feel like twelve hours. You hold on for twelve rounds. You know, you lose every round, and all of a sudden you're a new champion. You, know, you <laughs> never know overseas how it is, and uh, he's uh, Jaime Munguia is going to get a taste of that. And uh, but I'm gonna be honest with you. He he did what he had to do, short notice or not. He became the champion. I think that he should be able to do what he wants to do. If he wants to make a, a quick defense before the mandatory, I don't think the WBO should be, you know, doing that kind of shit to him. And it's it, let him enjoy being a champion. I mean, it's 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 Wednesday, and they already mandated him, you know, fighting Liam Smith. Not even a week after he just won the title. I mean, my God. <laughs> Not, not even five days. <laughs> not but even. I'm telling you what I'm thinking is going to end up happening. I mean, maybe Liam Smith will. Apparently, Golden Boy has one option with him. Um, I still would not be surprised at all if if uh, Munguia ends up being an opponent of Canelo in Mexico City or Tijuana, anywhere in, in Mexico. He is he's a, another Hispanic, you know, 154-pounder, even up to 160-pounder, that easily could go to 160. You know, do not be surprised if they start pushing him for Canelo. They want to get him a little bit more name recognition, but, you know, beating Saddam Ali on HBO, you know, helps. And, 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 All right. and being as big as he is and how good he looked, you know, it, it helps. And I think Canelo is definitely an option for Mungia. Don't be shocked if it happens. They're they're looking Triple G ain't, ain't happening yet. If they have an option, you know that's not Triple G. You don't think they ain't gonna take that option, especially if they have oh. an option on the guy. Oh, oh without a doubt, that's it's a money grab. Exactly, without a doubt, that's a, the exact direction it would head in. Oscar De La Hoya uh, is 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 foaming of the mouth. Of a of a chance that he can get by with Canelo without fighting Triple G and still you know getting that more notoriety, getting a good win, and, and basically going ahead with his career without Triple G. Oh, yeah. It's going to cost him a hell of a lot more money to fight Triple G than it is to fight Munguia. And 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 you know what? With the with the energy that's going on, well, we know Canelo uh, is is that. That young man, regardless of whatever is going on, he's the guy that brings that money to the table. So this would be an intriguing point of view with Mungia, and um, I, I would see them honestly saying, "Well, listen, you're going to make a lot of money, um, even though with all things said and done, with him, if Mungia was to fight uh, Canelo, um, I think it'd be." Um, a serious, serious situation uh, for Munguia because uh, regardless of how I feel about this and the other thing, Canelo can fight. And he's and shown Saddam us that he... Too, but Saddam you know, showed that he's not a full, full-fledged full 154-pounder. I thought he really was. I thought he looked good at 154 pounds. But you know, just like Jared Hurd, Munguia is probably right up there. I mean, I just can't believe in the last couple months We've got these huge, you know, monsters at 154 pounds that just came up at the same time. It's 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 uncanny, you know, how it's, big unbelievable. is and how big Monty is. And he made he made, he made Saddam look like a minimum weight, bro. Just to be, I'm like, damn. 
<laughs> you know, they showed they said 170 pounds. They, they said he weighed in 170 pounds, and then Saddam weighed at 169. You know, at the day of the fight, and I'm like, and I seen them both. And I'm like, that's horse shit. I don't care exactly. what way he cut it. No, no way. Mm-mm. Not even. You know, maybe not, like his calf muscle weighed 170 pounds. I mean, this dude was a cruiserweight. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They're getting away with it. They can do it. It's it's they're not breaking the law or the rules right. at all. Right. It, it's, exactly. You know, but I still think it is should, what it is. They should change up the rules a little bit. But you know what? If the rules are there, apply by the rules, and uh, you know you're 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 not cheap. You're not doing anything like that. That's, that's the way boxing right. is. Right. But I agree. Mangia would not last against Canelo. He would not last against Triple G. You know, not yet. He's 21. Maybe he can get. I think right. he can get better. But that is the way that De La Hoya is thinking. I guarantee you. Could you imagine that? You know, uh, give him a year, and you think he has one option on on Mungia? You think that uh, he ain't gonna try to buy out? You know, Mungia from Zanfer? Bet your ass it's gonna happen. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it, it just it just makes perfect sense. But even even in the carry through, because he's already said it, they they were very quick to state. That they would like to fight a Canelo. They fell into the. They fell right into the game plan. They fell into it. They said, "Oh, we'd like to fight Triple G. We'd like to fight Canelo." So now there's a commitment to doing it. And if Golden Boy says, "Oh, you know what? Canelo's not fighting Triple G," like you said, I can pretty much guarantee you they'll say, "Let him come on up here and fight uh, Canelo." Whereas at that point. They could really be, you know, they that would be basically where the kid meets up with his first situation of. Or if he does, know. if he does, you know, uh, you'll get more than one option with Mungia, which I think, you know, he could. I think he'll end up co-promoting him. To be honest with you, they'll work something out. But you got a year there. You got a year to, to groom him more. You got a year for him to get better, and then you got Cinco de Mayo of next year. He's looking for mm-hmm. even, even with Triple G. If Triple G does happen. You know, Triple G, how many fights has a guy got in him? Three or four, more, right. maybe. You know, right. he's thirty. He, he's in his mid thirties, pushing on the on, on the backside of his mid thirties, and uh, this kid's twenty one years old against Canelo, who's who's not that old himself. So these guys could really you know make money in the future, and and, and De La Hoya is definitely you know going to roll the dice and going to see what he can do. But don't think that he has one option with with Munguia because I guarantee you they're going to be negotiating a lot more. I agree. I agree. But, you know, there was another major fight this weekend. You know, another guy that you know, uh, Top Rank is doing a great job promoting him. You know, uh, I'm going to discuss it, but I mean, uh, Vasily Lomachenko, Jorge Linares. I mean, I know you you were busy that night, Coach, but I know you had your DVR rocking and rolling. You know, did you finally get a chance to see it, and what were your thoughts of that fight? Well, well, I thought it was a it was a great it was a great contest. They uh, Lomachenko started really quick, and um, that sixth round turned everything in. It turned everything L round uh, when uh, Linares dropped Lomachenko, and um, he started going to work. He started putting that information together. He started scoring, and uh, we had us a contest. And now, my, the the uh, tenth round when um, he was hit with the body shot, um, and he went down. I, I it just seemed like a strange set of events at that point in time. Um, 
I thought that when he got up, he could have continued. He looked like he could, uh, but uh, the referee saw uh, otherwise. Um, but it was a fantastic contest. Uh, now, my thing, a liver shot, man. <laughs> oh, it 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 definitely he caught him right at that point. It was right at that point. And and I'm I'm a I'm a fan of Lomachenko's uh, by far. Um, some people have elevated him to God status, and I think that's entirely premature. And um, just let him do what he's doing. But I guess this people are so hungry for somebody to do something that now they're pushing and they're shoving and trying to get it going in that direction. But um, it was a, a fantastic performance on uh, both their parts uh, with Lomachenko uh, coming out the victor. Well, I think what it is, I think that what he's done in such a short period of time, and I think that, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, he's done more in, in 11 fights than uh, most people have done in 40 fights. You know what I mean? Right. You know, yeah, he lost his second pro fight, you know, uh, against Salito. And, and, and to be honest with you, that that was a super tight fight. I mean, I, Salido was the right winner in that fight. But that 12th round, you know, Lomachenko was coming strong. And I knew that, you know, uh, if this was a tight fight this week or last weekend against Linares, that he was going to close very strong. He's a hell of a closer. And that, that you know, that is that makes a champion. How you close on a fight. Right. If you're ahead on the scorecards, if you're not ahead on the scorecards, if you're up 11 zip and you still score a 12th round knockout, that's things I look at. When you don't have to score the knockout when you do it, and when you do have to score the knockout, if you always got that hunger and that drive and you are dangerous every minute of the fight, that just makes you a better champion. And, you know, even in his second fight, he came real close to stopping Salido and and coming back and winning that fight. Uh, And and a guy that, you know, speaking of heavy fighters, he didn't play by the rules in that fight. Salido was heavy, but he was on purpose heavy. He he missed weight. The fight still happened. He was probably 20 pounds bigger. And Lomachenko impressed me that night, and I knew he was going to do well. I didn't think he was going to blow up like this, you know, this quick. But I think that has a lot to do with it, you know, as quick as he's being moved. I mean, you know, you got to look at it. Salido, you know, that that close loss in the second fight. You got Gary Russell Jr., who's a favorite against JoJo Diaz, you know, this coming weekend, um, and a champion in his own right. The only loss in his career is Lomachenko, right after Salido. You know, you got uh, Roman Martinez, who no one, you know, just beheaded like that before. I mean, he was just, he annihilated Martinez. You know, Nicholas Walters, who's an upcoming star and pretty much just kind of fizzed out after that. I don't know if his career, you know, if, whatever he's going to do, if he's ever going to come back from this. Uh, Jason Sosa, who was a hell of a champion, he was a good fighter. You know, he was a tough guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mariaga, Rigondeaux, you know, Linares. I mean, you know, in, in 11 fights, it's unreal. And the, it's the rate that they're pushing him. But I'm telling you, I'm not I'm not ready to call him Floyd Mayweather. There's a lot of people on Twitter, on Facebook, saying, oh, he's the next Floyd Mayweather. I'm not going that far. You know, Floyd Mayweather knocked out Diego Corrales, you know, just annihilated him. And Corrales right. was like, you know, at lightweight or, at, you know, at his weight class, you know, the George Foreman. He was the big right. man. He was a monster. Was Everybody was scared to death of Diego Corrales, and Floyd just whooped that ass. Mm. You know, I don't see Lomachenko put away. P- putting that kind of performance against a guy like Corrales, you know, back in the day. I don't see that happening. Uh, but he's very talented. Uh, I do think that his weight, you know, uh, going up in weight is getting kind of – it's starting to slow down, kind of like it did against, uh, with uh, uh, Chocolatito uh, Gonzalez. 
Right. When Chocolatito started going up in weight, you, you kind of saw his, you know, the gauge there. You kind of seen where, you know, he needs to stop. And I think against Linares, you know, he's not a huge guy at the weight, but he's a decent guy, and he he's a big fight. He's a he's a medium sized fighter. He's not huge, right? But you could tell the size difference had a lot to do with the way the fight was going. Um, and Linares is a phenomenal champion, but you know, I, I still think that he was struggling a little bit because he was a bigger fighter. And I don't I don't know if he can go up to welterweight. I don't. I'm not ready to talk like that. They're talking Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, Manny Pacquiao's not a huge welterweight. That's a fight that could be made. But, you know, could you right. imagine Lomachenko fighting Errol Spence? Uh, no way. Oh, my God. Listen, you just made my, you just made my heart stop. <laughs> I mean, you think you think Mungu was made against Saddam Ali, brother? <laughs> it's going to be another one of them, you know. Yeah, I, would, I would hope he would. Honestly, um, I, I can't. I can't see him getting by Mickey Garcia. So and I was about um, to throw that in there too. And, and you know, they're talking to Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia is a very—he's one of the best counterpunchers in the game. I mean, he is just—he's um, a crazy counterpuncher. And I don't think Lomachenko has fought a counterpuncher like that yet. And and I, but I don't think that that Mikey Garcia has fought a guy like Lomachenko. That makes it intriguing. But there's a lot of talk about Garcia. But you know, Bob Aaron's not trying to make that happen. Mikey Garcia sued him. <laughs> yes, he did. He sued him to get out of contract. They had a, a pretty you know uh, long drawn out you know process to get out of that contract with Bob Aaron. You think he's just going to hand him his prize guy? In a 50-50 fight, I don't care what anybody says, that's a 50-50 fight in my opinion. Because my, I, I'm not the, the biggest fan of Mikey Garcia, but you got to be a fan of the skill. The guy has major talent. He's undefeated. Right. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's passed every test that he's come across. And Lenars, I felt that Mikey would have beat Lenars too. So, you know, um, and what really got me, Lomachenko's phenomenal. He, he's borderline great. You know, I'm not putting him with Floyd Mayweather, but he's definitely, you know, the, the greatest thing right now, has the most potential right now. You know, with, he's up there with guys like Heron Crawford, with Mikey Garcia, right. you know, right. you know, with Triple G. He's definitely, you know, a top four, top five pound for pound. I'm ready mm-hmm. to put him probably top three right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I can ride with you on that one, Cap. But Mikey Garcia is a different animal. And I think that uh, he's going to be a much tougher fight than Lenaris. And you got to remember, the judges had it almost an even fight going up to exactly. that to the 11th or the 10th round. Yeah, it was like dead even. It was dead even. And I mean, I had I had Lomachenko up a little bit, but you, just like you said, in that sixth round, it really you know once he dropped him, he, he woke up. And he was—he yeah, certainly he was, did. He—he he was being the boss in the ring against Lomachenko, you know, up to the time of the stoppage. But in the tenth wow. round, I started seeing a slight decline in Lenars, and maybe it was Lomachenko just getting his second win, or or just kind of figuring him out more. But I seen a little decline before that body shot, and uh, mm-hmm. but it was a very very tight fight. You know, Lenars was up on one scorecard; it was even on the other one, and uh, basically we had a draw going into this fight. Into the tenth round, and uh, but that right hand, that right hand, and, and people say, "Oh, well, he dropped his guard; he wasn't thinking right." No, it's a, it, it's a little bit, little bit more to that. You know, he's also a southpaw, and right. what gets a southpaw ninety nine point nine percent of the time? Straight the southpaw right hand. killer, the right hand, <laughs> and 
you know, it don't matter how good you are, you know, you get hit with those right hands. Southpaws always get dropped with the right hands. You know, it don't matter. They don't call it the Southpaw Killer for nothing. But he got up, and then he delivered one of the best body shots I've probably seen since Roy Jones landed that one on uh, Virgil Hill. Mm. That was just a beautiful – what really got me is when you land body shots, not just the body shot, when you land body shots on skill like that, that's phenomenal. And that, that, that makes me think this kid is definitely great. But is right. he great like Roberto Duran? I don't think he would have beat Roberto Duran. I'm not ready to get, get that hefty yet. I mean, would he beat Floyd oh, Mayweather? Man. I don't sound like that. It's going to get hot now. <laughs> the great one, hands of stone. People, at that point in time in his life, people felt he was invincible. He really was. Oh, you know, Oh, do you think the Lomachenko would have landed a body shot on Whitaker and knocked him out? I don't think so. Never, never, you know, never. I mean, not at the not at the apex points. No, not at even money points. No, not even. Now, I'm not hating on Lomachenko by any means. I think he's a wonderful fighter. I'm a huge fan. I want to. Oh, I, I, I do tell you what. I do not. I repeat. I do not want to see Beltran sacrificed to Lomachenko. Oh well, you know it's going to happen, though. Well, I know, you know it's, it's going to happen. But that, that is such a damn. That is a, such a fucking shame. I'm sorry. I got to drop some f bombs on this. Ray Beltran is shot. He won his last fight. Yes, he won it against a former champion. Yes, but as a former champion, he was also 40 years old and really not looked you know phenomenal before in his last couple fights too. Before that, he almost got knocked out in his last fight. He got dropped late. He started looking bad. You know, he has enough to get by, but not get by against guys like Lomachenko. You're setting this guy up for murder if you're putting him in there with him. It's horrible. a lot of setting up lately, huh? I love Ray Beltram. I think he's got a wonderful story, you know, trying to fight for his freedom, for his family staying in the United States. You know, I love the guy. I think he's a great, you know, great individual. I think, you know, anybody deserving of a belt would be him since he tried so hard and he's come up so short getting robbed and, you know, overseas against, uh, you know, Burns and, you know, having all the downfall that he's had. You know, he's came back. He's making some money for his family, and I love it, man. I love it because I love Beltran. He's a humble guy. He's one of the nicest guys you'll meet in the game. But I'm telling you, you know, this guy don't need to be in the ring with Lomachenko. It's disaster for him, and uh, I do not want to see it. You're not supposed to fucking, you know, move down. You're supposed to move up, especially when you're fighting guys like Rigondeau and, and Linares back-to-back. You know, fighting right. a guy like Beltran is a horrible mistake. And, uh, you know, I just don't want to see Beltran get hurt, and I think he will. You know, yeah. if Mikey Garcia needs to happen. But oh, I agree. Because, you know, Bob Arum ain't going to let that happen. But right. The power who is that once fight? again. I think, I think Mike Garcia, I think it's a 50-50 fight. I'm not saying one guy's going to win, but I think this is definitely his most dangerous fight, and I think that it's also Mikey's most dangerous fight. So, uh, you know, take it for what you want. But are we going to start seeing him move up to welterweight? I think we need to slow our roll. We need to sit back, reassess the situation, and realize that Lenaris was knocked out by a great fighter, and Lenaris is also a great fighter in his own right. But that fight was a draw on the judges' scorecards going into that knockout, and this is this is probably besides you know Salido, this is this is the toughest fight of his career. 
Linares was tough. He was hanging with Super him. tough. And hanging, I think that Mikey Garcia would have beat Linares, and I, that's why I think that Mikey Garcia could be a slight favorite. Uh, would he be a favorite, you know, uh, on the books? Hell no. You know Lomachenko could be the favorite going in because of all the media attention that he's getting. Um, but he is great. Don't don't get me wrong. I think Lomachenko is great, and he has room to grow. But you've got to remember the 400 amateur fights. You know, why well, you think he's moving so quick? For one, you know, he started at a later age in the pros, but he's been fight. He fought 400 fights, man. You know, do you think this guy's going to, you know, get up to 40 fights in his career? Chances are no. If he would, he wouldn't be fighting this guy and being on that fast track the way he is. You know, but is he? does he have, you know, what it takes to have, you know, to be the, the greatest fighter that ever lived? There's no way. There's no In my opinion, he's not going to ever get there. Um, he's going to be moving up too quick. He might end up being like Chocolatito Gonzalez, moving up past and You know that they don't give a shit about him. If he can get up to welterweight, don't matter how big the guy's going to be, they're looking at dollar signs, you know, and they want to make fights. They want to make this guy rich, and they're they're on their way. But I'm not ready to say this guy's going to be a welterweight champion. You know, I don't even know, to be honest with you, how he's going to compete at 140 pounds. He just fought at 135. He just won the, the light, what, lightweight championship against a guy that was bigger than him. And, and you could see that the weight, the size of Norris was definitely a troubling factor for Lomachenko. He prevailed. He did what great fighters do. But let's just sit back and assess this before we you know, get ahead of ourselves. And by people saying Mikey Garcia is going to get knocked out quick and be a mismatch against uh, Lomachenko, that's what I mean, like getting ahead of yourselves. Mikey Garcia is a class fighter, a great fighter, just like Lomachenko. I'm not ready to call that. I'm not even ready to call that fight, but I guarantee you it's not going to be an easy damn fight for either guy. So the guys that are saying, oh, he's going to knock him out in two rounds, just shut the hell up. You know, look at the famous quotes of Roger Mayweather. You don't know shit about boxing. So if you think that, guess what? You don't know shit about boxing. <laughs> Andre, think we lost Andre. Maybe you hung up. I'm not me. I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm here. KG, I was I ringside think, for the Lipinets fight when when uh, Mikey and uh, Lipinets fought uh, in Texas, and I got the chance to see him up close and personal. There's no way on God's green planet that that's going to happen. I don't Mick, see it happening. You know, Mikey's the biggest threat to Lomo, and he's a bigger—he's a bigger 135 pounder than Lomo is. A bigger well, and a bigger puncher, and a, a far more superior counter puncher than I've seen in a long time. I would not be shocked if Mikey Garcia gets completely sidestepped. I mean, totally sidestepped. Um, you know, especially, you know, seeing how Manny Pacquiao is going to perform against Matisse coming up here really soon, um, I think that's that's the route they could go. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, Bob's getting, you know, he wants to get all the money he can get out of uh, Manny Pacquiao while the getting's good, depending on how he looks against Matisse, which I think the getting will be good because I don't see Matisse being a threat in that fight. For, right. Based on what I've seen in his last fight, I still think Matisse is a shot fighter. Um, we'll see, you know, what happens, but that could happen to Manny Pacquiao any fight from here on out. He could he could turn to a shot fire too. We don't know if he's not already. 
You know, right. you know we, we Jeff don't. Horn should not. You know, most people were saying the same thing about Jeff Horn that they're saying about you know Mikey Garcia with Lomachenko. Oh, Manny Pacquiao's going to blow him out of the water. Well, guess what? It didn't happen. You know, a lot of people thought Manny won that fight, but even the most diehard Manny fans would say there's no way that fight should have been that competitive. Mm-hmm. So what do we know? What Manny has left? But Manny will will win against Matisse. And then he'll be set up possibly for Lomachenko. That does not shock me at all. Um, and I think Manny actually could be dangerous. Still, he, he could pose a threat let's, just because of size. He's a bigger guy. Let's exa- and and uh, quiet, quiet as kept. Um, even at that point, Manny is so unorthodox with his attacks, and he has he slowed down a bit, but he's not by any means or circumstance. Uh, a fighter who can't punch with speed, uh, they might bite off a little bit more than they expected on that one, too. There's a possibility. I mean, that's what happens when you start fighting guys that are other bigger guys. I mean, you know, uh, Chocolate Tito did the same thing, and now he's possibly, his career might be over. I mean, you know, he had an upcoming fight. Uh, I I know he's going to fight again, but how's he going to look? You know, what is going to happen next time? You know, he needs to go down back and wait, but I think he's went up so far. I don't know how far he can go down and how he's going to look. Right. And it's also the zero factor. Guys, when you get 40 and 0 plus and you lose that zero in the fashion that he lost it, you know, I mean, first it was the upset decision, but then it was the brutal knockout. I don't know if he's ever going to have anything left. And the same thing can happen. You know, the same thing can happen, you know, with other guys. It's what happens in boxing. You know, one knockout loss, and could you know you got guys that that's had one loss in their career, their only loss, and they ended up losing five straight. It happens. That's right. Yeah, you know, it does. So we'll see what happens. But you know, speaking of undefeated guys, you know, undefeated prospect, lightweight prospect. Talking about lightweights, this guy is definitely going to be in the mix one day. Not sure if it's going to be real soon, but I'm telling you, I liked what I seen. At, uh, at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Friday night on Showtime, Devin Haney made, made multiple visitors to the show. We're going to probably get him next week. Uh, made his return, stepped it up against 33-2 and two Mason Menard, who was not a slouch whatsoever, but he just happened to look like a slouch Friday night. Uh, scoring, oh, Haney, Haney scored a, a ninth-round stoppage of, of Menard. Menard's not a guy that goes out easy, but this was easy work for Devin Haney because it showed the talent that he that he has. He's getting better every fight. I mean, this kid started fighting at 16, I think, in, in Tijuana. <laughs> he was fighting in Mexico, you know. Um, you know, fighting in Mexico because he couldn't fight, you know, legally in the United States. So you know, he wanted to get a head up in his career from the amateurs, and now he's 18 and 0. He's a youngster. He's 19, and he looked like a grown ass man against a grown ass man, in Mason Menard, which was no slouch at all. But like I said, he did not look good at all against Haney. Haney showed the talent. I'm telling you, I I was impressed by Lomachenko in a tough fight. But I was super impressed with Devin Haney in a supposed tough fight. It was a litmus test, and I'm telling you, this kid has what it takes. I've seen flashes of Floyd Mayweather, man. He's the true. Very impressive. Very impressive young man. Um, and now this young man, I could easily say uh, we might see him at uh, 40 or even 47. No oh, issues. Yeah. 
It ain't like Lomachenko. No, this guy's—he's still a baby, and he's still growing. You know, Lomachenko's right. already a grown-ass man. And, you know, he, he's got a—you know—he's going to have his limit. But this—we could see him at 154, in my opinion. You know, at 30 years old, you know, 10, 12 years down the road, he could be maybe even 160. I mean, he's got a big frame. Uh, mm-hmm. What really gets me is the fluidity. He, he showed right. flashes of me of Floyd Mayweather. Man, he, he's so fluid. It comes so natural to, to Devin Haney. Um, he's definitely, I guarantee you, I'd bet anything, I'll put my mortgage on it, that he's going to be a champion. He's going to be a champion in the next couple of years. Oh, I agree with you. The only the only thing I might not agree with you on with, with uh, Dev, uh, Captain, is where he'll be a champion at. I don't think he's going to be a champion at 35. I think no. 35 is just Locked a momentary in, issue. Yeah. he he's. I think he's going to... He's going to go up to 140 um, next week. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be around for that. And um, from that point, then he'll just stop moving up, and uh, I think we'll see the best of him at maybe 147. Yeah, but yeah. the good thing about it is you've got a lot of guys going to 140. You know, Lomachenko is not going to be wasting around at 135. He will end up being at 140, if not 147. Um, so Devin Haney is going to be growing while the other, these other guys are already grown but are moving on up to get them bigger paydays. Haney, Haney's in right. the perfect situation right now and the perfect weight class, you know, the perfect age to get more under him, to get more experience under him. And, you know, he's not going to have an easy go at it to get a, to get a belt unless he fights a guy like Beltran. But, like you said, he probably ain't going to stay at 135 long, but he may try to get a little trinket, but he's going to have a mm-hmm. lot of problems with promotional companies and, and, and everybody else, you know, that has the other champions to really get that. Yeah. More opportunities are going to come you know, higher up, but I, without a right. doubt, I don't care what weight division it's going to be in, this kid is going to have a strap around his waist. I guarantee you it's a sure thing. I I agree with you 100% with that. Phenomenal young man and very talented, very, very talented. It's the subtle I'm, things that he did. And when you're mm-hmm. getting this kind of, you know, subtle, you know, boxing at 19, you know, you can just tell, you know, what class this guy's in. And this guy was a major class ahead of Mason Menard, who's a fellow Louisianan. I like Mason Menard. He's a good dude, you know, really nice guy. You know, one of the guys that you would just love to have a beer with. He's just a guy's guy. But I had a feeling he was outclassed, and by the end of the first round, I knew it was just a matter of time. I agree. I so, agree. He systematically he worked him like a seasoned vet. He did. He did. he did. And uh, and and I'm telling you, I think his skill level is going to go way beyond this. He's still learning, and he's got a hell of a team behind him. And you can see the Floyd Mayweather, you know, uh, presence around him. You can just see it in the way that he fights. So. Um, you know, stop comparing Lomachenko to Floyd Mayweather. I'm not comparing Devin Haney to Floyd Mayweather yet, but I'm just saying I've seen glimpses. So Twitter, don't blow up on Dawes. Oh, you know, you suck. You don't know what you're talking about. Lomachenko knocks him out in, you know, minus one round. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying Lomachenko's a grown man. Lomachenko's been fighting, you know, a long damn time. And Devin Haney, you know, is 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 learning and still learning. And Lomachenko's pretty much learned it all. I mean, he, he, you know, he still learns fight by fight, and it has different fights in front of him, different styles. But the, the the amateur fights that he has, you know, the way he fights, you can tell that he is definitely solid already. He's already seasoned even at eleven fights. 
you know, uh, but I feel that at 19, Devin Haney is seasoned, very seasoned for a 19-year-old, and it's going to be really scary to see this kid at 25, 26. Mm. I agree. But, I mean, but look at all the talent. Look at all the damn talent around lightweight, super lightweight. I'm just going to go in the, the, the 140 pounds. It is unreal. Terrence Crawford, you know, even though he's, you know, back but anyway, Mikey Garcia, Regis Progray, who I'm very, very, another Louisiana boy, which will not be as easy as Mason Menard was. Regis oh, no. is a champion. And he's, he's right. going to be a beast. And uh, Victor Bristol was in there, went 12 rounds against Crawford, you know, and a lot of people thought it was going to be up there with Crawford, you know, uh, Crawford's biggest threat at that at that point. And he's got a lot of skill. Broner's still in there. You got Josh Taylor from from Scotland. I mean, Josh Taylor's mm-hmm. phenomenal. I mean, you've got a lot of tough, tough. You got Antonio Roscoe who's undefeated. I mean, you've got a, a lot of good fighters. You got a. Uh, Carol Re- Re- uh, Relic that fought, um, that just beat, uh, what's his name, Bartholomew. That's right. You know, he's he's a hell of a fighter. I mean, it's a deep, deep division. And uh, I'm telling you, I mean, it's going to be, and then you add Devin Haney in that mix, possibly, you know, uh, just so many guys. You got, like I said, you know, you you, you throw in Lomachenko. I mean, I don't want to see Lomachenko fight house fighters. He's too good. You know, I give props to Bob Arum for stepping out of the house and fighting Linares, but that was a perfect guy to fight. It, he, he's getting, you know, it, it was rightly done by Bob Arum, but I just hope he don't go back and fight in Beltran, fighting, you know, Pacquiao. And fight fans want to see Pacquiao. I'm not really in that mix. I think Pacquiao's, you know, uh, far away from what he was, um, and I still think he's going to be the bigger man. You never know what can happen, but. You know, I don't want to see these in-house guys fighting. There's so many talented guys, you know, with different promotional companies. You know, you're going to be the draw. You're going to be the, the, the lion's share of the purse. You know, fight these other champions. Fight these other guys. Not in your promotional firm. Explore everybody. That's how you get great fights, and you get, you know, what fight fans want to see. And I hope that uh, Bob Arum keeps on doing that like he did against Linares. Um, I hope he doesn't go back to Beltran and just, you know, clean out all his house guys and then, you know, go on. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to sit there. I don't have the patience to watch that. Uh, well, I, you know, I hope that they understand that, that Lomo is a talented, talented fighter and you just can't have him in there with the regular guys they, or the guys that you have on your your house uh, roster, and because you want to keep everything in-house, you limit him. Remember, he's 30 years old also. So it's not like, okay, you know what, he's going to he's going to be 32. 30. He's getting to his better years. No, that's not true. That's not there true. Go. There you go. Well, I'm going to go past that. We're going to, we've got other stuff to talk about. I, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Tony Harrison, Detroit's own Tony Harrison, you know, uh, victorious against Ishe Smith, won a 10-round split decision. It kind of seemed like the same thing happened with Harrison, like I was hoping wouldn't happen. He started kind of losing a little bit in the tank, you know, late in the fight, but he held on. Uh, Ishe just slipped enough that he couldn't really capitalize on it. Uh, but Harrison is showing his old tricks, and uh, he's got so much talent, Coach. I just I hope that, you know, he gets he shakes that, that you, to be a world-class fighter, you have to be 12, 10 rounds, 12 rounds strong, whatever your fight's scheduled at. You've got to have it in the tank at all times. You can't lose con- concentration whatsoever. 
Um, uh, Tony Harrison is, you know, is a relative of Henry Hank. Henry Hank was a hell of a champion, and Henry Hank would be cussing him out right now, saying, "Hey, you need to chill out. You need to fight twelve rounds or ten rounds or whatever. You need to be aware every second of every fight." And Tony's not showing that yet, man. I hope he does. Uh, me too. I, I like Tony Harrison. I, I thought um, before his first loss that he was a fantastic talent. Uh, uh, another another big, tall, um, super welterweight. Uh, another one. Um, not not uh, physically as imposing as maybe a Jared Hurd or Munguia, but a, nonetheless a big junior welterweight. I mean, junior yeah, he middleweight. He was up there with with her when they when they fought. He wasn't much smaller than than Hurd. I mean, he is a big exactly. Dude. He's a big guy. But, but I don't know what it is about that that losing that endurance around the eighth round. I I don't know if it's a mind game or what, but he needs to really work on carrying through for ten to twelve rounds. Well, against the right guy, you know, some fighters their whole job in the ring is to lull you to sleep. Because that's all their whole mo. You know they'll lose some rounds. They'll make it you know competitive. They'll lull you to sleep, make it a boring fight, and then knock your ass out with one punch. And Tony Harrison don't need them kind of guys. He does it on his own. You know, <laughs> no, he, but he has so much talent. He has so much power, and it, it's a waste of talent to see him not working on this. And I thought that you know it, he could maybe work on it with Ishay Smith. Ishay close strong, and uh, you know Tony, uh, he, he can still be a champion. He's still young, but he's going to have to really get his head off his ass on this. This is a major problem. May, may have to switch a trainer or get the right trainer that can really you know, instill that in you. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with him, but I hate to see this talent get wasted. Tony Harrison is a very, very good fighter. I agree with you. I'd like to make sure that on the undercard of that fight, Coach, we had Andrew Tabidi, up and coming cruiserweight. You know, I think his last fight was uh, on the, I believe it was on the, um, the, the, the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor undercard. He fought uh, Steve Cunningham. You know, Mr. Ashy Ass Balls himself. <laughs> it's an inside joke. He was, you know, he was on our show. Got, you know, I'm sure you heard that interview with everybody's heard it with, with Rufus. Suck my ashy ass balls. <laughs> but anyway, his last fight was against Steve Cunningham. Um, he scored a six-round knockout against Latif Coyote, um, former title challenger, kind of on the downside. This is the third straight loss that he's had. Um, I kind of picked this fight. You picked this fight. Um, Tabidi can grow. I've seen highlights of the fight. I think he looked he looked good. Um, he could have really closed stronger, in my opinion. But uh, Tabidi, you know, seems like he he's got room to grow, but he could be something. Oh yeah, I'm I'm I've been a fan of his for a while, and uh, I like to see when guys start to make that turn to the point where you can really count on them performing well in each of the bouts that they have, and. Uh, I think uh, Tabidi has showed us that he can actually be one of those guys in the cruiserweight division. Uh, a little bit more seasoning, but he's working very well right now. And uh, I think we're going to see him step it up. I'm expecting him right to guy. anyway. He's, and, you know, for guys that are not seasoned like Lomachenko off the gate with 400 fights – and, you know, two gold medals and stuff like that. You know, this is how you, 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 you teach guys coming up. 
You know, you you, right. you you groom him. You know, he had a former champion in Steve Cunningham in his last fight, and over the hill, you know, fading champion, but still had enough in the paint you know, in the tank to make it a tough fight. Uh, and now he's fought a you know a former title challenger on the Teeth Coyote, who's on a downside, but still got that name, still got that luster about him, and uh, he did what he had to do. So this is part of the growing process. And I'm I'm impressed on how uh you know they're they're showing to beauty and, and Floyd Mayweather is doing you know, the right thing with this kid so I hope they keep it up and uh, before we know it to be is going to be something to be dealt with. Oh, I agree, I agree. And the cruiserweight division has some real energy with it, so I think it's it, just gonna he's going to be a player for sure, and uh, we can count on him to add a little bit more excitement to it. But the good thing about the Cruiserweight division is they had the World Super Series of Boxing, you know, pretty much having one champion, you know, one main guy. It's going to be a lot easier for guys like to be to kind of get in there. You get that shot against that guy, you win, then you're the man all of a sudden. You don't have no stepping stones. You don't have to, you know, beat one guy that, that you know, fought the guy close. You can just go straight to the guy. You knock him out. You're Mr. Cruiserweight. Uh, that's what that's I right. like. It breaks the division wide open, and I, I'm a big fan of the World Su- uh, Super Series of Boxing. I'm glad that it's, you know, it, it keeps on going. I think, you know, the upcoming one is going to be insane. I'm hearing uh, Naya Inouye is going to be in it. That's going to be just phenomenal. Um, like I said before, every time I talk about the World Super Series of Boxing, where the hell is my network TV? Oh, my God. Really? I mean, I this is gold. You know what? Even if they even if they didn't have quote unquote network television, somebody somewhere, one of these uh, wonderfully intelligent computer geeks, needs to find a way to uh, live stream this. Uh, get it on it. It has to have a a, a venue of um, of viewership, and I don't care if it's television at this point. It could be um, on the internet. It it, it Whatever it takes to get it going, somebody create an app for it, but it should happen because we know that this uh, Super Series has proven to be a good format, so we need to see more of it. Well, speaking of you know good formats, Eddie Hearn has a you know had a billion dollar deal you know last week with uh, it was new stream platform uh, DAZN. They're going to produce sixteen fight cards in the United States in one year. Um, you know, that would be perfect. I wish Eddie would would have a talk with, uh, you know, with Schaefer and and work something out with this uh, Super Series. But unfortunately, probably won't happen. But somebody needs to talk to this guy. You know, make it happen. You know, put it on the networks, any network. I mean, HBO would be perfect for this. You know, but unfortunately, you know, the, you got certain friends, certain buddies that are different promoters that disagree with another promoter, and they don't want to step on toes and all that. But this is phenomenal. What's going on? It's good for the sport. You know, put all the bias behind you and think about the damn fight fans that pay your fucking bill. You know, just to watch the fights. You know, I know, I know. <laughs> Hundreds of people that don't give a shit about the the HBO series Girls. They don't they don't care about Westworld. They don't give two shits about you know uh, uh, John Oliver on HBO. They only buy their subscription every month for the boxing. I know Which hundreds of people, and and I'm one of them. You think I care about Westworld? I don't give a shit about Westworld. I don't care about none of their shows. I love The Sopranos back in the day, but that's been you know 15 years ago. But I don't care about HBO's programming. I care about their sports programming, which is boxing. 
That's the same reason, you know, that I get Showtime. However, I do like Ray Donovan, and they have a couple shows that I do like. But could I, you know, get away with it? Could I say, you know, I'm going to miss Ray Donovan for the rest of my life? I would be okay with that, you know. It's not that big a deal. But saying that I'd miss Showtime Boxing or HBO Boxing, that would hurt me. That would bring a tear to my eye. And that's why I pay that extra $20, $30 a month just for that. So think about the fans that just have your program just for the boxing, give them stuff they want to see, and bring the World Super Series of Boxing to your network, whoever it is. Showtime's not going to happen, but HBO, you never know. It has to happen. Exactly. (laughs) But... Anyway, um, we had some, you know, just, just it was just a great fight weekend. And, I mean, I know it was not a, a great fight weekend for you, you know, personally with, with, with Saddam, but you know, it was still a good fight. And, and I, as a fight fan, also, Andre, you had to appreciate, you know, how many good fights we had on. Oh, without a doubt, it was a fantastic uh, weekend of boxing, and uh, this is what we need to keep everything exciting and flowing and when people start talking about uh oh, well, boxing is uh dead and it's uh, on its uh it's on the extinction list we can see now that is the furthest from the truth ever. Well let me drop this on you. You know, they they talk about that and they say, well the UFC is controlling boxing, it's taken over, blah 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 blah. Well you got ESPN that had free fights on cable, of course, but you had Vasily Lomachenko, you had Jorge Linares. On HBO, you know, you had Saddam Ali, Jaime Munguia. You know, you had a, a, also a great fight with Ray Vargas. I mean, that that was a tremendous fight. You you had a good you had good programming. You had up and coming guys on ESPN, Michael Conlon. You know, a, a lot of their their uh, their guys. You know, uh, just good fights, good names for free. And well, HBO, you're paying ten dollars a month or whatever. But then on the on the USC, they had you know they had uh, Amanda Nunes, you know, in the main event, sixty four ninety five. I actually bought the fight because I thought it was. I, mean, I didn't look at who was fighting before. I, I was thinking, well, the USC is going to have some good stuff on too. Uh, as long as they're standing up, dropping bombs, I'll watch it. And uh, it was horrible. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, on the main event, you had only two fights. I think you only had one fight that both were ranked, even ranked people. I think Nunes was ranked and her opponent was ranked, but I think there was one other fight there was two ranked, but they were on the high, on the on the end level. They were like ranked ten, ranked number fourteen, and that was the whole event. And then you had Vitor Belfort's old ass that's getting knocked out every time he gets into the damn octagon or anything else he crawl into. He's done. He's been shot for a long time. And you're paying sixty four ninety five. I'm telling you, I don't see what the hell people are talking about that uh, that boxing is uh, is losing any ground with the UFC because it definitely uh, you can't judge that by Saturday night because boxing was a clear winner, you know, in the co- the competition series last weekend. Um, that's true facts. I'm just true saying. <laughs> I am just saying, uh, Coach. You know, I don't I don't get it. Uh, and you thought that all the talk would probably be over from last year when Floyd Mayweather beat the crap out of UFC's top draw. But uh, anyway, it was a boxing match, so you know, it's okay. It's a boxing match. <laughs> but, uh, well, but, I, but guess I'm who's the one that said I want to get into that. the boxing ring with Floyd Mayweather because it's more lucrative than if he got in my house? That would be Conor McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 
But anyway, we're not even going to get into that crap because that's all it is. (laughs) We could talk the whole show about that. We'll leave that alone. I'm hearing a little birdie told me that you had something possibly planned. I don't know if we're going to, you know, do this, but uh, Henry Sacito, man, great, great, great trainer, like the Zen master of boxing. It's like, you know, he's like the Bruce Lee of boxing training. Great guest we had last time. So much insight. Just a very informative, down-the-earth guy. I heard we may be doing a round two with him tonight. What's that looking like? Well, you know what? Uh, let me Give me a moment. Let me uh, get the ball bouncing. And uh, we're going to bring Henry on in. So so I want to see what his on. thoughts are on Linares, on Lomachenko, uh, you know, even Saddam Ali, Jaime Munguia, and I want to see what's going on with his, his fighter right now, you know, Luis Ortiz, who it was in a, one of the fights of the year with Deontay Wilder. Well, give me a moment. Let me go to work. I'll be right back. All right. I'm going to start, you know, yapping my jaws, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, Basically, another thing that happened you know, this week, you know, Canelo Alvarez, you know, with the hair test and everything, he has officially signed up for BADA testing. You know, I, I think they're 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 setting the stage, hopefully, hopefully, for a uh, you know the second fight with with uh, Triple G. I think that the, Triple G basically said, hey. You know, you got to make this happen. He has to, you know, be with the VADA before we even, you know, negotiate. And I think that's, you know, it's it's stair steps. It's they're 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 doing everything they can to make that fight happen. I think that's why. But I also think that, uh, you know, the way Canelo is doing with the hair test and with the VADA, I mean, he's trying to prove himself. And uh, I I applaud him. I applaud him. I mean, uh, yeah, I was kind of. Uh, I had my thoughts. I wasn't really sure what to think, if if it was bad hamburger or if he was just juicing up. I mean, a lot of guys do it in the game now, um, but I, I'm giving him credit. He's trying to vindicate himself. This is how true guys vindicate themselves when they're really in the right and they made a mistake or they, it was just an accident. Um, I hope it, it goes okay because if he, if he goes through the VADA testing, if he fails again, man, his career could be over. I mean, that's no joke in my opinion. Um, but I you got to commend the guy. He's trying, you know, to do what he's got to do. He's trying to prove his name. So you know, hey, I hope it I hope it works out for him. You know, I want to congratulate him. I want to give him props. Um, you know, I, I don't want it to seem like I'm biased against uh, Canelo. I'm I'm a Canelo fan too. Um, yeah, I'm a Triple G fan. Uh, hopefully, we can see this fight happen. I think they're taking the right steps. But you know, I got to you got to applaud Canelo, man. You know, he's doing what he has to do. Uh, some more news that just come through. I don't even know if I want to read this. We were talking about Orlando Salido, you know, fighting uh, Lomachenko in Lomachenko's second fight. And ironically, uh, Miguel Rivera of uh, BoxingScene.com just—I'm talking about minutes ago—just put out there Orlando Salido arrested, alleged to have stolen 16 cans of beer. Now, I'm not a professor or nothing. And I'm, I'm not the smartest guy. But I think Salido is doing pretty damn good financially. Uh, stealing 16 cans of beer, I mean, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, apparently, you know, he, he said he was going to fight again here pretty soon. Um, but then he announced his retirement right after his last loss, his loss to uh, Martinez. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, I wish him the best. Um, it's, it's sad that, you know, this has to happen. 
um, and, and get put out in the media like that. But if you do stupid shit, you know, the, the media is going to grab it and they're going to they're going to put it out there. It's news, you know, and it's it's a shame. So, um, damn. <laughs> but another tidbit of news that just happened too regarding another guy that we were talking about, Regis Progray, um, is going to be fighting Belasco. Oh man, okay, okay. Wow. Regis Progre is fighting Argentina's Juan Jose Velasco, 20-0, 12 knockouts, for the interim junior welterweight championship. Well, that's weird. I thought that – anyway. Um, <laughs> I thought we were going to see him, you know, go straight for uh, Benavides, but Jesus. Okay. I mean, he was pretty adamant that he was going to fight Benavidez. I don't know what's going on with that, but, uh, you know, I mean, he's fighting an undefeated guy. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know. But it's going to be in New Orleans, and, and that's one thing he talked about happening before, uh, fighting in New Orleans. It's going to be good. You know, Progre can be a great fixture in the city of New Orleans, in Louisiana. As a Louisianian, you know, I'm all for it. I want to see that happen. I'm glad that he's getting a chance to fight in his in his home state. Um, unfortunately, it's not the fight that he really wants, but it's it's a tough 20-0 guy, and I think that he don't care. He's he's just happy to be back in the ring, and happy to be in his hometown. So you know, Regis, you know, good friend of mine, good friend of the show. You know, congratulations, my man. You know, you're on the right track. So uh, Regis Program, Velasco, July 14th, ESPN. ESPN's getting it, man. They're 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 starting to really uh. You know, be a competitor. You know, HBO made a they made a mistake when they you know Bob Aaron and them had a rift, and you know Bob Aaron went to ESPN, and man, you know they're uh, they're doing a lot better than HBO right now. But HBO can come back, but I don't know if they're going to come back to what they were. Um, but anyway, that's that's what's going on. There, there's you know other things that were happening, you know, this weekend as well. Um, you know, had some. Uh, had some pretty good fights abroad. We had, we had, I mean, just good fights everywhere, you know. Um, but, you know, Carlos Adamas, I'm going to talk about that, the undercard. We didn't really get much into that. Uh, Jorge Linares, Lomachenko, of course. But uh, up and coming, uh, you know, super welterweight Carlos Adamas, you know, went to 14-0 against a tough former title challenger, Alejandro Barrera. It was a 10-run unanimous decision. You know, Barrera fought tough, but, you know, uh, Adamas just had too much. Um, he, he's an up, up and coming guy. I mean, he's a big dude. I think he's gonna end up being, you know, probably maybe 160. He, he maybe can get to 168 down the road. Um, you know, Tiafimo Lopez, my man, my replacement. Whenever I am gone, Tiafimo is my guy. Um, you know, knocked a KO one. Vitor Vitor Jones Freitas. I think he is the nephew of former champion Asselino Freitas. Uh, very, very, uh, dr- just a dramatic performance. Very good performance. Mr. Fortnite himself did a little Fortnite dance right after the fight. Got a little publicity. Tiafimo, my man, keep on doing it, baby. Uh, Jamel Herring, you know, former champion, coming back. Fought, uh, he, he fought Juan Pablo Sanchez, a tough, you know, gatekeeper, journeyman type. He did what he had to do. He scored a fifth-round TKO. Michael Collin, a run decision against uh, yeah, Bon uh, Laringa, a tough guy. Collin, he's starting to grow, doing a good job, you know, getting better every time out. Uh, Michaela Meyer, you know, uh, she also has uh, scored a dominant win over uh, Baby Nansen, six and two, six and three now. 
Um, it, it was a good, it was a good card. I mean, I, I was impressed. Uh, like I mentioned before, you know, on HBO, the undercard Ray Vargas in a phenomenal fight against Azat Hanazisian. Hanazisian's tough man. This dude is like wicked, wicked tough. Um, a monster in the ring. Ray Vargas got you know he got shook early. He got shook in the middle of the fight. He come he, he just he kept on coming forward, doing what he had to do. Uh, I, I wouldn't say coming forward. Azat was coming forward most of the time, but Ray was giving him angles. You know he was counter punching. He was throwing the jab. Um, he's a talent. Ray Vargas is a talented fighter. Uh, it was a close fight in my opinion. I thought it was a lot closer than the scorecards read. But uh, Azat uh, you know Hasavisian, very rich trained fighter. Goes back to 14 and three, but should definitely keep his head hung up, you know, high. He did a great job. Um, you know, if he had a little bit more, you know, he could have done something. But Vargas has a tremendous talent. So, um, but anyway, we got. Uh, let me see what else we got. And I'm gonna be talking about the fights coming up here pretty soon too. Just waiting on uh, Andre getting back to me, and uh, we'll see what happens with uh, with our next guest. We're supposed to have a couple possible guests on. I'm still waiting on Austin Trout to get back to me. And uh, possibly Danny Jacobs. So, uh, still got still got some guys in the mix right now. We're going to see what happens. And uh, but anyway, we're going to talk. Uh, let me see here. We're going to look at our schedule. There, there's another a couple fights I wanted to talk about that happened overseas. I'm just looking here. Let me see. Where, where am I at here? Okay. Oh, uh, one fight I definitely want to talk about is Selby and Warrington next week. That is going to be insane, for one. But I'm also looking for another result that I missed that we forgot to talk about. Well, anyway, I'm just going to get into the upcoming fights. We'll, we'll touch base here later about that. Um, our schedule, schedules, it's kind of, it's not as big as, as last weekend's. But we still got some pretty good fights. Um, you know, the, the sport of boxing is having a great year. I mean, we got some more ESPN stuff. ESPN two uh, Thursday coming up, seventeenth uh, tomorrow. Uh, Ramiro Duno, sixteen you know, ones fighting Gilberto Gonzalez. Oscar Duarte is fighting Ray Perez. Um, you know, on ESPN, you know, from the Fancy Springs Casino, Indio, California, Golden Boy. It's a nice little event, a nice little show. You know, good for a Thursday night. I love Thursday night fights. I love Tuesday night fights on all the old USA. You know, if you're a boxing fan and you don't like Tuesday night fights or any fights that are not Friday or Saturday, you are not my friend a boxing fan. So you know, it don't matter who's fighting. If it's on network television, hey, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in my in my recliner. You know, maybe some hot wings, maybe something, maybe a steak, but I'm definitely watching the fights. So, you know, any 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 weekday that you got some fights, you know, hey, it's always a good it's always a good week in boxing. Um, but we I'm looking down here, trying to see exactly what we got. I mean, I, I talk about the big fights, but some of the fights I lose, you know, I can't remember all of them. But anyway, I'm gonna bring back in Andre. I lost you there for a minute, champ. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was out there fact finding. Uh, I sent out a couple of messages to uh, Herm. Uh, um, his phone seems to be going right to voicemail, so I don't know if he's uh, sleeping <laughs> or not. But well, I think uh, Bruce I left Lee was a very early. You know, he went to sleep very early, so there's a possibility that uh, that Herman's the same way. You know, he is like Bruce <laughs> Lee, so he's got that Zen shit going on. It's un- it's crazy how much like Zen mastery he brings to the box. <laughs> 
Exactly. Erwin's exactly. a good dude, man. He's a good friend of the oh, show. I was blown away. I mean, I knew he was going to be a great guest, but my man, I mean, you, you put it together that night. He was just phenomenal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He, he actually called me uh, after the Saddam fight to tell me. He said, look, ask. He said, but I just want to tell you as a, a fellow coach and, you know, my brother from another mother that uh, you were spot on with your directions to him in the corner. And as always, you're a consummate professional. I said, well, I appreciate that. I really needed that at that moment. So I said, thank you, my brother. And, uh, you know, I just strive to be the best that I can possibly be at all times. And um, he said, um, well, listen, we got some things going on. I said, would you like to come on the program again? He said, I would love to. And uh, we had planned it for today, but um, I don't know if uh, I didn't get to him uh, soon enough and he might be just uh, getting some rest because I know he does knock off a bit early. Well, I was also supposed to have a, and and maybe still might come on, but I'm not sh- quite sure. We we might have no guests on this show. I'm sorry if that's the case, but we always come back strong when we don't have a guest. You know, one week, the next week we're stronger than ever. Um, we can't get them all the time like we want to, but I did have Austin Trout scheduled for Monday. Unfortunately, some things with my work had had come up, and uh, you know we couldn't do the show. We took a little time off. Um, but I'm supposed to be getting Austin Trout on the night. I haven't heard back from him. I know he's back in D.C. right now with Barry Hunter, another guy that we'd mm-hmm. like to get on. But I know he's real busy trying to. Yeah, you know, they're getting ready for Charlo. I mean, it's. Right. Yeah, I don't want to turn too up. much on them. So. so they are definitely turning it up. Uh, but you know what, hey, Captain, I might have a real good one for us. Give me another second. Let me do. Let me get down to my fact finder. I'll be right back. All right. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, I, I did have a conversation with Austin Trout Monday. He was going to come on the show. He was actually in New Mexico back home for one day. Uh, he was going to fly out the next day. And like I said, he flew out yesterday back in D.C., training with Barry Hunter. But we had some good words. We had a little uh, you know, conversation about the fight. He said he's definitely ready for that fight. I was talking about bringing back in Barry Hunter. Uh, very good move on his part, in my opinion. Um, and he thinks that uh, Jermell Charles is sleeping on him. Um, yeah, Jermell's a he's a consummate pro. I don't know if he is or not, but I do tell you, and I've always thought that Jermell Charlo may be the better of the Charlos. Even though Jermell's getting better, uh, I think that I think this could be a fight, man. I really do. I think that uh, you know Austin, if he has anything left, which he's trying to. Uh, you know, to get the right training, he's trying to get the right team together. So you you know he's still hungry. He's trying to do the right thing. Um, you know, from what I've seen against uh, Jared Hurd, now you see what Jared Hurd's doing. I mean, he beat Laura. Uh, he's a beast. He's a monster in there. And, and and Austin actually did well against him before he faded late. But if you fade against a guy like Jared Hurd, it doesn't necessarily mean you're shot. It just means Jared Hurd is a, is a crazy fighter, man. He's a huge fighter. He puts that weight on you. So this could be a very interesting fight. Uh, still, I'm kind of leaning towards Charlo, of course, but Austin Trust, no, hey, he's no slouch at all. No doubt is no slouch. But he does think that, uh, you know, he told me he thought that, uh, that Jermel could be sleeping on him. We're going to see. The fight's going to be, I think, in three weeks. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping we still have Trout on. If we don't have him on this week, I'm sure we can get him next week. Um, but I want to talk about some more stuff going on. You know, the biggest fight of the weekend is definitely going to be uh, you know, uh, one that I'm really looking forward to. And uh, in Toronto, Canada, not Montreal. Actually, they're going to Toronto. I don't really know why. I mean, this is a huge fight for Montreal. You know, Badu Jack, you know, uh, coming up, 
fighting. The, I guess you can consider him the light heavyweight champion. I don't know. I mean, he didn't fight who he should have fought either, but I give him credit for fighting a guy like Badu Jack. It's a very, very, uh, it, to my, in my opinion, can be an even fight. Um, Badu Jack is pretty much on the rise, and I think Adonis and Stevens kind of at a standstill right now in his career. He's no spring chicken. You know, he's 40-plus years old. Um, oh, he's almost he'll be he'll be 41 in August. But I mean, he's he's had some some pretty tough fights there too. I mean, you know, but he's he's a he's a powerful powerful fighter. You know, they got that that tricky you know southpaw style, uh, hell of a damn straight left. Probably one of the best in boxing. You know, going up against Badu Jack. I mean, you know, Badu Jack looks he's looked very very good. Uh, you know, ever since he got knocked out. You know, by uh. By Derek Edwards, you know that that one round knockout. That's what scares me, though. You know, it, it, a lot of people thought it was a fluke, and it, it probably, in my opinion, it, it was too. But he bounced back very well. But he's fighting the guy that if anybody's going to put you out in one round, it could be a Don Stevenson, and he's already been proven that he, you know, he can go down in one. So this is going to be interesting. You know, we could we could see a one round knockout. Adonis Stevenson's being real cocky, talking a lot of smack about it, saying, you know what, this fight's going to be early. Pretty much saying, don't get a lunch, don't you know, don't get no supper, don't get no beer, don't go to the fridge, don't take a quick piss, don't do anything. Have your eyes glued on the fight, right when they do the announcements, because right when that bell rings, baby, it could be over. And that's what he's kind of contemplating. Uh, if anybody can do it, it'll be Adonis Stevenson. If anybody's going to talk that smack, it's going to be Adonis because he can back it up. So that's the dramatic part. This fight's going to be, you know, it, it could easily be out in one round. But if it's not, the more this fight goes, the stronger possibilities of Badu Jack. Badu Jack's looked phenomenal. You know, he's really turned his career around ever since that humiliating defeat. You know, he, he, he kept his head up. He kept on fighting good guys. And, uh, you know, I want to see what's going to happen. I'm, I'm really intrigued by this fight. You know, um, he's not, in my opinion, he's not really, he's still not proven to me at light heavyweight yet. I mean, he fought cleverly. But at that stage in, in Clever's career, I'm not really saying, I mean, it was a good win. But I think, you know, Donald Stevenson's a proven light heavyweight. He's a big guy. We're going to see what he can really do. This is really, in my opinion, his major welcome to the uh, to the light heavyweight division. Um, you know, but but good wins. I mean, great wins for Badu Jack ever since that happened. I mean, you got to remember, you know, only loss on Anthony Durrell's career you know, he he won the belt from Anthony Jarrell. You know, follows it up. You know, beating George Groves, who's been doing very very well as of late. You know, Lushan Butte, who's on the downside of his career right now, but still a very very good win. James DeGale, you know, that draw, which I thought he won that fight, and then cleverly. I mean, you know, he's he's having some good wins. Uh, he's really stepping up against Adonis, but this I think this could be a fifty fifty fight. Also, I really do. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I think it's going to be a great weekend of boxing. Not Like I said, not as much as last weekend, but there's still some good fights going on. And, uh, you know, that's just, in my opinion, that's the best one. Um, you know, the undercard of that, it's not, it's not a great undercard. Mikhail uh, is a, a good fighter. Um, up and coming welterweight. I mean, he's 30 and 1. He's fighting a journeyman. Um, no, no major guys on that. I mean, you got Oscar Rivas, a heavyweight. Um, he, he's got a kind of a stay busy fight, you know, uh, locally. But 
Yeah, no one really gives a crap about the undercard fights on that. They're mainly looking towards Stevenson and Badu Jack. So, as am I. So we'll we'll see. But anyway, you know we're uh, I'm still waiting on Andre. He'll call back in here in a minute. I think he's working on something big. We got I'm a little bit more than 30 minutes left in the show. But also, hey, you know, uh, call in. You want to talk? You, and he, we don't even know who our next guest is going to be. But if you call in. I'll make sure you stick around. You can interview whoever the guest is going to be. According to Andre, it's going to be somebody pretty pretty phenomenal, so we'll see. Um, but call in, 929-477-1952. Again, that's 929-477-1952. Call on ATG Radio just to talk some smack, talk some knowledge, talk whatever you want to talk. But let's talk boxing. I don't feel like talking basketball, <laughs> even though uh, go Celtics. I'm not really, you know. I don't think the. I, do you think the Cavaliers are going to come back and be? You know, they, they've been very good at comebacks. They've been you know, phenomenal at, at you know, at, at, you know, in, in in the clutch coming through. But I think they bit off a little bit more than they could chew against the Boston Celtics. And my man uh, Elliot Vasquez Torres would be very appreciative that I told you that. You know, former ATG alumni. Still family, in my opinion. Elliot, you know, hey, I hope the I hope the Celtics do it. Uh, I'm from Cleveland, but you know, I, I gotta I gotta keep it real. Celtics have a hell of a team, so that's my only basketball talk for the night. But if you call in, you want to talk a little basketball? Hey, I'm down for it. I'm not much, I'm not very knowledgeable at basketball, but you know, I bet I um, I, I want to see who Andre's rooting for though. Andre, I just put out on there that I hope the Cavaliers lose to the Celtics. It looks like it's going to happen. What are your thoughts? <laughs> My only basketball of the whole two hours. <laughs> well, I tell you, um, I haven't been following the series, uh, the uh, matchups, because I've just been so busy uh, getting guys ready for their prospective bouts. But uh, how many games in uh, is that series uh, at this point? They're down the first game. The Celtics. Is this the first game they're playing against each other? No, this is the third game they're about to play. Really? Oh, you're talking about during the season? I don't know. But No, but no, I'm there's... talking about for this particular series. No, they're down 0-2, yeah. Game really? coming up on Saturday, I believe. Wow. But you know how the Cavs are, man. The Cavs, they they are like in team clutch. So when they are in the clutch, where they're then they're in deep, man. They get their backs against the walls. They turn around. They make it happen. But I think they oh, yeah, get off they a do. little bit too much on this one. Oh, wow. Well, the Celtics got a I'm, good team this year. They've got a strong team. They've got a really strong team. Um, I, listen. Terry Rozier is, is who might be a cousin of mine. He, he has been playing phenomenal ball. I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for that part. Um, but they seem to have gotten off to a fantastic start. Um, you're about to put the Cavs uh, in a in a hole of sorts, and uh, they are they in a hole. Get them down. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna be in a crater. They go down 0-3 because they came back before. Oh three, but the Celtics—they a different animal right now. They on fire. Right, right. They and, are you know, really, I, really. I would not be shocked if if Rozier is a relative of yours because the NBA runs deep in the bloodline. John Sally. I mean, come it on, certainly Jim. does. 
That's right. Listen, we we're gonna do that research and uh, find out what the real story is. But um, I, I'm I'm really not uh, gazed in onto any particular team. I'm liking the to see the matchups and how they progress, and from that point on, we can make some decisions about who, what, where, why, and when. I'm really, as a basketball fan, I did, I delve into the finals, and that's when I start really getting excited about it. So we shall see. Who, what, where, why, and how, and how the hell is the Cleveland Cavaliers going to get out of this? I don't think they are. That's <laughs> <laughs> they've done it before. You know, yes, anything with LeBron James, man, you can't you can't look past this dude. I mean, is he Jordan esque? He's not Jordan. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna be that guy. Um, maybe I'm just, you know, an old softy, maybe I'm just sentimental, but Jordan was the complete package. He was phenomenal. He was awesome. Jordan was the man. Jordan I, was I don't the think man. LeBron's better than Jordan. I don't either. I honestly and uh Julius Irvin was one of my favorite basketball players, and I don't even uh, rate him uh, uh, above Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, in my in, in my humble opinion, is the best basketball player that ever graced the, the courts. I mean, look, look at it. Uh, a week or two weeks ago, there was a news story. I think it, I think it was somewhere around Brooklyn, or it was it was somewhere in New York. I believe it was Brooklyn, but a group of guys, you know, they they mugged a kid that had a, uh, a two thousand pair two thousand two thousand dollar pair of Air Jordans on, and they robbed him. They took his shoes and they went to a shoe shop to sell the shoes, and, and they found out that he was actually wearing a very good pair of knockoffs. So they were upset. They robbed a guy, and he had. But he, but my whole point is, I don't see LeBron having a two thousand dollars pairs of shoes. So there you go, my man. There was one point. You know. Well said, there, Captain. I like that one. I'm just saying, you know, get a two thousand dollars pair of shoes that you're selling to people, and people are robbing people just for knockoffs. And then maybe you can mm-hmm. say, guess what? I'm better than Jordan. But you know what? No, no, you're not. But, you know, we're not getting into basketball anymore. That's all the basketball coming out of this guy. Unless you call in, 929-477-1952, and you want to talk basketball, we'll talk it. But we're going to stick to boxing. Uh, any news about a about a potential, you know, interview with anybody? Or is it dry tonight? If it is, it is. I totally understand. We're still going to just talk the game. Coach? Oh, let's uh, – let's – you know what? Let's switch again. Let's switch I'm, again. I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm all about switching gears. <laughs> now, uh, I'm, I'm coming back to a, a point of, of reference. We're going to swing back um, because this is a discussion that's near and dear to me. It relates to uh, Mickey Garcia, uh, Mikey, however you might want to um, pronounce it but him signing with uh, Dana White and, and what it would mean for that proposed Robert Easterbout. I don't think there's going to be a proposed Robert Easterbout that happens. Uh, me, no I don't either. I don't either. Which brings us full circle back to Richard Comey facing Robert Easter as the number one mandatory to his title. Now, 
at this point in time doesn't happen. And that's the one thing about Mickey that sort of perturbs me a bit because he is such a phenomenal athlete that he can actually do these things that are going on. Like, I, well, I haven't decided what I'm going to do in reference to this, that, or the other thing. So it sort of keeps uh, proposed events in limbo. And we've been talking about it, of course, because we have the number one mandatory uh-huh. who who we are looking to have at least that shot at getting that title. And we will, would love clarity, but it's it's hard to get clarity with Garcia at times because he's all over the place. Uh, you know, he wins titles at 140, comes back to relinquishes the title, fighting at 135. We don't know what he's going to actually do, when he's going to do it, so on and so forth. And then and, we're talking uh, about Lomachenko, you know, and there's another reason why Balbarum, you know, wouldn't want anything to do with, with Garcia because, for one, he doesn't know where the hell Garcia is either. And do you <laughs> think that Balbarum wants to be working with Dana White? I don't think that's, you know, even though the oh, UFC is willing to be talking to ESPN about having some, some dates with ESPN, um, you know, it's a possibility, but I don't see that happening. I don't see Bob working with, with Garcia, for one, just because he sued him, and he doesn't really want to work with him. And you know, it seems like he's kind of, he has the guy right now. He's kind of dangling, you know, Lomachenko uh, in front of Mikey Garcia, and Lomachenko has other options. But it's another thing, Dana White potentially signing Garcia. I don't, I don't feel that uh, Bob Aaron's going to want to work with Dana White. Uh, well, I agree with you with that one. I mean, Dana has uh, publicly um, <laughs> publicly lambasted Bob and called him every name in the book, and uh, <laughs> we know he doesn't easily forget. So, uh, he's like an elephant. He's like a ninety-year-old <laughs> elephant. But he has a smart. He has a. I mean, he's a smart, smart guy, man. He's one of the. Oh, without a doubt one of the smartest guys in boxing and he, he, he when you're smart like Bob Arum you can't forget because if you no. forget in this game people will will walk over you and walk over you and walk over you got to always know your enemies you got to always know who talked bad about you you always got to but you also got to keep your enemies close too and That's right. Well, if he feels that Dana White's going to be, you know, strong in boxing, going to have some upcoming, you know, top fighters, going to be a major player, you never know. He might say, "Hey, we talked a lot of shit about each other, but guess what? Let's work together." And uh, it would—I wouldn't put it past Bob, but then again, I wouldn't put it past him not to work with him either. It's kind of a, a fifty-fifty to me. Um, but you know, one thing about it, you, know, Robert Easter, I'm hoping that it is happening. Just so I don't see Robert Easter fight Mikey Garcia. Because, for one, I don't think that Robert Easter is deserving of Mikey Garcia. And I also feel that Richard Comey is deserving to get that second fight with Easter. And I don't feel that Easter wants it. I really don't. I'm not saying he's avoiding him. He's a champion. He's not going to avoid you know. But it doesn't make sense to him. He already has a win. And I think that he believes, as I do, that Comey has got even better. Well, I, I, can, I would concur with that. That uh, that thought process there, Captain. I think that he knows that uh, Richard is definitely going to be a much better athlete in a rematch with him. And uh, being that Richard is one of my new favorites, and uh, I just love teaching the kid. He's going to be 
on point and on fire. He wants to be a world champion so bad. It's not even funny. And um, whatever I ask him to do, he's doing. So the the work effort and the the push to be special is always on his mind. And I think Robert knows that. He saw it in the uh, Alejandro fight. Uh, that was a, a great performance by Richard. And uh, he got back to his winning ways of stopping people. And uh, we're just getting sharper and, and more prepared. And when that time comes, we're going to get it. Right. You know, he fought Robert Easter. You know, when Easter was undefeated, he was undefeated. You know, he went in, you know, I think it was his first, believe it was, it was his second fight, I think, in the States. But, you know, he gave Easter a hell of a fight. I thought that uh, that Tommy had a good chance to win that fight. It was a very close fight. I mean, it was one of the fights yes. that really went either way, in my opinion. But right, right after that fight, not even, you know, three, not even three months. I think it was less than three months. You know, uh, Tommy's team sends him to fucking Moscow to fight Dennis Shavkov. And that was a close fight. But I'm like, and I'm sitting there thinking, what the hell are y'all smoking? Why are you doing this? Are you kidding me? The circumstances around that one was so horrible, it wasn't even funny. And, and I'm like, um, this ain't how you do. This ain't what you. And I was like, I'm sitting there thinking, man, Kami's career could be over. You know, he's got the wrong, you know, the wrong people working with him. They're not, you know, putting his best interest for it. And I, I mean, I wasn't gonna give up on Kami because I've always been a big fan. When he was undefeated, when he wasn't undefeated, you know, I've always liked Kami. And then I heard you sign, or you, you know, you're working with him. I'm like, oh damn, he doesn't have the wrong people on him. You know, he's gonna make a comeback. And boom, it's happened. You know, he just uh. You know what? How long has it been? Uh, three months ago, two months ago. You know, went to San Antonio, fought Alejandro Luna, twenty-two and zero. Their dominant performance. I had on all, all three scorecards. Knocked him down twice in the sixth round. Just dominant. Just back to the old form. Um, and I think Robert Easter. I believe he was there that night, and he seen what I seen, and he's like, you know what? Oh hell no! I'm going to cash out against Mikey Garcia, and I don't want anything to do with Richard Comey. But guess what, mm-hmm. Robert? You look like shit in your last three fights. Uh, Robert Garcia don't want you, bro. You're going to have to go back, you know, where you started, where you got your belt, and you're going to have to defend it like what champions are supposed to do. And after you, you know, defend it against Kami, win, lose, or draw, then you're going to have to defend it against Fortuna in another fight that you lost. Um, it's not good for you, my friend. You know, don't don't get like a bunch of gift decisions and then think that you're deserving of a fight with Garcia. You know, for one, no one. I'm just gonna be honest with you. That fight ain't gonna attract nothing. They're gonna see. They're gonna want to see Mikey Garcia, but you know, he, he Robert Easter. He he doesn't have anything. He doesn't have anything. He's not gonna bring asses and seats. He's not gonna be a ticket seller. Nobody wants that fight. I mean, I haven't talked to one person besides maybe, you know, Mrs. Easter that wants that fight happening. You know, maybe a best friend or something. But <laughs> everybody I've talked to, they, they don't want the Robert Easter fight. It doesn't make sense. It, it makes sense about as much as Lomachenko fighting Ray Beltran, which makes no sense at all. For one, you're talking about potential homicide against you know, Ray Beltran and Lomachenko and against Garcia versus Robert Easter. I think Robert Easter will do a face plant in the ring. I think I think Garcia would knock him the hell out. To be I honest. Do too. 
But I agree and I also you. feel for Richard Comey. I think Richard really wants this fight to happen. Yeah, he could fight, you know, for a vacant belt. But I think deep down, you know, there's a revenge factor there. You know, it was it was his first loss. It was such a, a close fight that I think he's much deserving. You know, he just beat you know, he just beat somebody that made him number one contender, and you know, for for this belt and for the champion. And I think that uh, you know, the the sanctioning body should make him fight the number one contender and not let you know him have a you know a Garcia fight just because it it makes sense just because it's Garcia just because of the name I think they should make this fight happen make it mandatory before he fights a guy like Garcia and uh it doesn't look like it's going to happen anyway so hopefully you know he doesn't cash out against another guy uh just cuz he doesn't want to fight Kami he he should be made to fight Kami look at what they're doing to Munguia you know, right? They should do the same. Right. They they should do the same thing to Robert Easter, make him fight the guy you know that really wants that fight, the guy that earned the right to fight him. That's right. bullshit. The fight should happen. I agree with you. Well, we we will we will take that one one step at a time. We shall see. There they have to go. come up. They have to come up with something very soon. So we shall see. And we are. What is the timeline on this, Andre? Have now. you heard anything about you know when you may well, hear something about this? They said that a proposed date of July 21st was mentioned. And at that point, they were saying that uh, Richard would be the co-main event to um, uh, Garcia and and Easter. So now, with, like I said, with the uh, dynamics changing ever so quickly, we don't know what will be the case. And if if at that point it doesn't, then... I'm preparing Richard for a world title fight. It don't make a lot of Exactly. Exactly. That's what we're preparing for. We're working and digging in hard for a world title fight. And um, whoever it might be, if it's uh, Robert Easter, okay. If whoever it might be, we're ready to come in Whoa. and make it happen. Let, let's, let's slow down a little bit. Knowing our luck, it'll be some unknown guy. That goes in weighing like 175 pounds. Oh, listen, that won't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> I got hey, to Captain, I'm going to be right at that scale looking. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that will never, ever, ever happen again. Yeah, just fight this guy. You don't know who he is, but, you know, he he's not very good. It's okay. And then he weighs like no. 217 pounds. No, no way, no way, no way at all, no way, no how. There will be no more. There will be no more shim shams to the havoc team at all. I gotta mess with you, coach. You know, I'm just pulling your leg, man. But uh, but <laughs> you know, Com- Richard Combs is deserving of some kind of opportunity. Whatever happens, he deserves a title shot. But uh, you know, for him, I-, I want him to be. I want him to fight Easter. Because I think that he can potentially can beat him, and I feel that Easter needs to he needs to fight somebody that is going to give him hell. I mean, he's right. you know that Fortuna fight was disgusting, in my opinion. Um, it, it really uh, it really upset me, you know. And I think one thing about it also, and people can say what they want. You know, Fortuna weighed overweight in that fight, and it's a it's a bad thing. You know, it's not professional. It happens sometimes in boxing. You know, fighters are human, you know, and sometimes they they get it wrong. You know, it, it depends on how they, you know, how they rebound from it. But tell me, and to the boxing fans out there, if you disagree, call in and discuss it with me. But I'm telling you, I still think that judges are human as well, 
And when they see a guy fight overweight in a fight, it makes them kind of, you know, feel a little compassion for the other guy. I would agree because I I had Fortuna win in the fight. And uh, when they announced the decision, I was like, what? (laughs) I had him comfortably. I I, I had, uh, I think it was 116-111. It was amazing. I was like, something like that. What the heck? What's going on here? And and, and you think about that because um, he's been getting these decisions and these close affairs. That's why I'm working with Richard for him to stop his next opponent. We can't we can't delve into the match thinking, oh, we're going to win a decision because it hasn't been working that way. So we have to come at it in from a different angle. Yeah, I had a fortune up two rounds, two points because I forgot he got he got one taken away from him for holding, which in my opinion was not warranted either. I don't even think he got a a, a warning for that, but you he know did. it's just the, the powers that be uh, when you're the guy like like Easter, but he he started to be known as the guy that gets get decisions, and that shit wears out, man. It runs out. And uh, and I don't I don't I don't think Kami you know he's gonna want anything to do with Kami he'll fight him if he has to of course he's a champion that, that's what they do but I think Kami's gonna have a little bit more to bring to the table and I think Richard really wants to fight so you know I want what Champ wants and if Champ wants Robert Easter I hope it happens and um, but we'll see because apparently he's yes, uh, trying to cash out if he doesn't cash out against Garcia hell you never know he might try to cash out against somebody else All right. Right. Well, but we, if you're we, a champion, we, you fight who you're supposed to fight. Exactly, I agree, a hundred percent. I will, I will keep you abreast of that one uh, from step to step. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what, man. We had a hell of a weekend. You know, I'm thinking about cutting it a little bit short. If that's cool with you, we're gonna come back strong Monday. We got some good guests on the horizon. I'm gonna try to get, uh, um, I'm gonna try to get, actually get uh, Austin Trout back in the mix. He, unfortunately, he can't make it. He's training real hard right now. He just texted me said he could. Unfortunately, can't make it tonight. Um, you know, but we got some other, and we'll get Henry on. We got some other guys we're talking to. We got some phenomenal, just heavy hitters coming up next week. I can't wait. But um. You know, I've been up like twenty, twenty, about twenty-three hours out of twenty-four hours. I had a late night last night at work, so um, fifteen minutes, sixteen minutes. We can cut it a little early. Hey, that'd be fine with me. If not, hey, I'll okay. hang in there with you, Jam. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Um, Rome wasn't built in a day, but the fire pit is always burning. But well, we we've done what we had, and Monday we're gonna come back super duper strong. Uh, we're gonna bring some really really entertaining guests in. And uh, we're going to talk boxing like we always do. Hey, and before we do that, though, real quick, you know, uh, I mentioned it you know, while you were uh, trying to get a guest on, um, you know, Badu Jack, Adana Stevenson, this weekend, Toronto, Canada. That's a very, very exciting fight for me. I, it, it's a toss-up. What are your thoughts on that? And Gary Russell, Jr. versus uh, Diaz, or Jojo Diaz. Very good fight as well. What are your thoughts on both them two? And then we'll get off here. Badu Jack, Adana Stevens. It's, it's going to be. Badu has shown us that he knows how to win, and he has gotten so much better since that time that he lost. That I'm going to have to, at this point in time, go with uh, the use of this bout. Um, 
I'm thinking uh, Adonis is getting older by the minute. And I, I know he's fastly approaching 40 if he's not 40 Oh, already. he's 40. He's almost 41. So I'm, I'm going to have to go with youth on this one. And although um, Adonis has that big, big, giant left hand, I'm just going to have to ride with Bottle Jack on on uh, winning this bout. And um, in the first bout on Showtime, Gary Russell, Jojo Diaz, um, although – Gary hasn't fought in a year. Um, he's always training. He has he has several brothers that professional boxers now. Uh, the whole uh, Russell clan is is, is fight oriented, and um, I just think he's going to be ready for JoJo. I mean, he doesn't even have to go outside of his family for sparring. There you <laughs> go. Right the his whole family crew will whip your ass. <laughs> I, I, but uh, seriously speaking, I think uh, Gary is going to uh, be a little bit too sharp for him, and uh, he's going to win that fight. I think it's going to be a, a good given, you know, back and forth, give and take. It's, and I think I would not be shocked if Gary gets clipped and gets dropped and gets hurt. But I think he will come through, and I think he'll adapt, and I think he'll, you know, he'll do, you know, kind of like what Lomachenko did, you know, against Lenaris. Maybe visit the canvas, maybe get a little hurt, but he will adapt. He will get better, and he will get smarter, and he will prevail. I think I like him in that fight too. I think it's gonna be a twelve round decision. Um, you know, look at the class. You know, look at a lot of people kind of dogged him before. You know, when he got beat by Lomachenko, now a twelve round defeat against Lomachenko don't look so damn shabby. And that's what Not made him. That's why he's the favorite against Jojo Diaz. I think the favorite does prevail. I like him in twelve rounds. And Adonis Stevenson, Badu Jack, man, you know, Badu Jack has came back from a, a, a loss, but it was a one-round knockout against a guy that shouldn't have been knocking him out in one round. That tells me he does come in cold. If you ever come in cold in your life, you don't come in cold against Adonis Stevenson because that dude is rev, revving hot every minute, second, my, you know, just, you know, uh, uh, millisecond of the fight. He is smoking hot. And he'll never be caught cold. He can catch you cold quick. I got a feeling that it could be one of them kind of fights. The other side of me thinks that it won't, but I, I still think that uh, I would not be shocked if Stevenson wins. In my heart, I kind of want Badu Jack to win. I want somebody. I want new blood in the division. I get, right. I, I get, I get tired of uh, Donna Stevenson knocking guys out, calling out, you know, uh, Kovalev, calling out Ward, and never fucking, never happen, never happened at all. Not even showing mm-hmm. no ambition to do it. Uh, I think Badu Jack has the nuts and the guts to make these big fights happen. If he beats Adonis Stevenson, we will see some top guys, a lot of heavyweight fighting. Um, that's why my heart is going with Badu Jack. I hope he wins, but somewhere deep in my mind, I'm thinking Adonis can pull it out. It only takes one punch, man. He, he ain't no slouch when it comes to the punching department. No, not nearly. Not nearly. And, uh, and and it does take one punch. Badu Jack has been stopped by a lesser guy in one round. So there's always a question there. Um, but I just think that Adonis has that punch. I think eventually it's going to take 12 rounds. If it takes 12 rounds, I mean, it just takes one punch from Adonis. He could turn the fight on its head. And I think eventually that will happen. But like I said, I'm going I'm to go with my mind, but my heart is saying Badu. I hope he pulls it off. But I'm leaning a little bit towards Adonis. But it's going to be a great night of fights anyway. Uh, I can't wait till this weekend. Oh, me either, and and I'll be there. So I will give you the blow by blow. 
There you go, Champ. And I will be there. I will be here Monday, and you will be here Monday, and we're going to have some big guests. And everybody have a great, great weekend of fights. Enjoy the fights, and we will see you Monday, and we're going to have a hell of a week for you, so stay tuned. Sounds like a plan. The fire pit is rolling out. Still cooking next week, though. We got steak. Oh, we, we certainly steak. are. Some shrimps on the Barbie, whatever you want. <laughs> we we gonna make it work. That's right. <laughs> yes, sir. Have a good weekend, Coach. I appreciate you. Take care, Captain. One yes, always, always, always to the top, baby. There you go, baby. Take care. <laughs>